Hi, Brittany McLeod. Hello. So, nice to meet you. Yes, nice <laughs> to meet you too. Yeah, I'm so glad uh, Lori Whitby referred me to you. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a special podcast because we are commemorating World Autism Awareness Day. Mm -hmm. But uh, and that's April 2nd. Um, and, you know, I wanted to bring you in because you you work with the Autism Cantech program that mm -hmm. I'm participating in, mm -hmm. which I think is a great program. So I'm going to leave it to you uh, to, you know, to talk about maybe start with your story and then kind of connect it with you know, autism and, and the Cantech program and, and anything else you want to share. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Brittany. My name is Brittany McLeod and I am the inclusion and accessibility consultant. I work oh. with the autism Cantech program, which is funded in part by the government of Canada and under the Youth Employment and Skills Strategy. So uh, we're doing um, some work in various areas when it comes to removing some barriers for autistic empl employees to enter the workplace. Um, historically, autistic workers have been the most underemployed or completely unemployed. And there's a lot of amazing skills and talents that are being oh, yes. missed out on with uh, organizations yes. for, you know, that, that, that statistic. So we're mm -hmm. really invested in, um, you know, exploring the areas that may be uh, lending itself to that type of outcome and how we can, you know, bridge some of that and, and assist from both the autistic worker side and what they need as well as advocate and and provide training and workshops and and services for employers to be mm -hmm. able to um, you know meet meet their employees where they're at. So yes. my specific role is to work with the employer side, but I have worked on the other side as well with as a career coach before I moved oh. as, into a consulting role. So I really enjoyed working with autistic youth and working with mm -hmm. employers and the work experience. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a really really great. Uh, program that targets quite a lot of areas. We also are still in the um, the space of working on some research as well to contribute to oh. a gap in the research around these topics too. So oh. it's yeah, it's pretty well rounded what we do. Oh, that's fantastic! You know, and I'm I've I'm already on my uh, fourth student now, mm -hmm. and I just think the students that I've had in this program are really quite amazing, yeah. and they're from you know, they have different spectrums. So maybe can you mm -hmm. educate our audience on 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 all things autism? Just yeah. because you know, I've just recently experienced it myself in the last year. Just, you know, being able to uh, connect with these students. But before that, I really didn't know a lot about it. So maybe you could yeah. educate us a little bit more. Yeah, I, I love to talk about um, autism and neurodiversity. I am neurodivergent myself. Mm. And so I grew up with many of the same barriers, struggles. I have... Um, privilege within my disability that allows me to navigate maybe communication channels a little bit easier and, 
you know, I was able to do what's called masking, which is actually really, really hard to do and not a great thing to do for a long time. But it is, uh, it is a privilege in that it allowed me to enter the workplace because I could sort of pretend I wasn't neurodivergent. Um, But it did take a lot of effort. And so I love to speak about this topic so that that type of coping doesn't need to Mm -hmm. be um, the way that is the only way to enter the workplace because not everybody can mask either. And that's, that's, you know, not inclusive for those individuals. And, um, again, like lots of missed talent when those types of structures are in place. Right. So it's not really Mm -hmm. great from any angle of the discussion for any of the stakeholders. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I really love to talk about autism from an autism self-advocacy approach, because Mm -hmm. I know that there's quite a lot of discussion in the space from, um, you know, the professional lens, oftentimes Mm -hmm. those types of research or medical um, observations or developments were actually led by folks who are not neurodivergent. So, you know, my experience is that most people are very well-intentioned, but it's difficult to actually give accurate um, information on something you've never experienced yourself. That's so, correct. Yeah. yeah. The autism yeah. Uh, community has really developed in self-advocacy over the last several years. And there's many um, amazing adults that speak on these topics from different lenses so that it doesn't just mm-hmm. stay as a topic within, um, you know, diagnosis or clinical or medical yeah. spaces. Um, mm-hmm. There's always like a a need for, for those supports as well as mm-hmm. it is for anybody else. But um, it's nice to be able to speak on it in terms of a social model of disability, which really uh, moves away from identifying and hyperfixating on any differences in people. Right. And it really mm-hmm. moves the focus onto the environment. And that's really where we have the biggest locus of control is, mm-hmm. you know, what are we deciding are our processes and and our mindsets and our, you know, communication skills and, you know, our goals. Those are things that we have power to be able to work with. And um, that's a space that actually allows for empowerment of autistic individuals when we take that lens. So um, what that means is that we look at those things in the workplace, like the workflows or, Mm -hmm. you know, the... um, even something that is more procedural, like a job posting, how it's written, is the font really hard to read or is it something that, you know, is inclusive? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that lends itself to uh, to really provide more of a broad disability justice lens too, because when we really look at the needs of uh, the most marginalized, it actually benefits everybody, both mm-hmm. within the, the marginalized communities, as well as those that are in uh, more of the status quo dominant group. There's yeah. a lot of benefits for everybody when we take that perspective. Um, so yeah, autism has mostly been sort of uh, not discussed in a lot of ways because it has yeah. been kept in that medical space. Um, mm-hmm. But now that we can talk about it in terms of relationship and social interactions, and um, it allows just more of a space for autistic individuals to speak. And um, a lot of those those barriers that come in in the workplace have a lot to do with that hesitancy to even mm-hmm. engage with autism Mm-hmm. in that human way yes. and uh, it, it can be really um, isolating and even dehumanizing depending mm-hmm. on how that goes about happening 
even yeah. in, in spaces where folks don't intend it. So um, yeah. my work is mostly on like, how can we re reframe some of these things so that it's, yeah. it's focusing on, you know, strengths-based approach of mm -hmm. let's not look at the way that maybe somebody says something or that they may not make eye contact. That's not really essential information or essential practices. Those things mm -hmm. don't change whether or not somebody can or can't do anything or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so there are always ways that we can adjust how we go about doing that. And I like to focus mm -hmm. on accessibility, but it's also about mindset. So mm -hmm. knowing that everybody has strengths in areas that maybe they're not as strong or confident or interested yeah. in, mm -hmm. and that we can take that lens and that will actually provide a lot of uh, psychological safety and accessibility yeah. for autistic individuals who may have, you know, um, some, some of these struggles might be emphasized in more mm -hmm. of the, um, the status quo environments um, and that sort of thing. So instead of focusing on what's different, we focus on what works and what mm -hmm. can we do to synergize all of our strengths and talents together. Right. That's great. So do you notice uh, a difference between, you know, present day as opposed to, you know, 50 plus years ago, mm -hmm. how that, that stigma of autism, autism was back then? Like, yeah. And yeah. And, and it's, a, it's, you know, part of it is just the process of learning because yeah. autism is not new, but yeah. the way that difference was handled was very, very different, mm -hmm. very different, even in the, like 30 years ago. So mm -hmm. quite often um, in previous kind of societies, you know, and, and previous generations, disability, if it was viewed as being too different or, you know, other types of uh, perspectives like that, it could be something where somebody was just never going to work and they stayed at home with their families all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of best case scenario. And then it, it could go as mm -hmm. far as even having um, individuals removed from families and put into institutions. Right. Oh, uh, so really it came down to that. It's not that autism didn't exist or that disability didn't exist. It's that it was segregated from kind of the mainstream society. So folks maybe didn't see it as often, or there were just many, many people who were like myself who masked it and hid it their whole mm -hmm. lives. And only those closest to them would really kind of understand or know. And um, yeah, so that, that sort of has framed how we view it. It seems like, oh, there's so much of it now. It's no, yeah. it's always been this many people that have, you know, a different wiring of, of their brain, like up to 20% mm -hmm. of the world's population's neurodiverse. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's significant and always has been. We're just now no longer kind of hiding it or, mm -hmm. you know, now we know and we understand more about how to, how to recognize and how to support these individuals like myself mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. also to support those that are not like myself and how to navigate difference. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's, that's great. Um, and see what I've noticed is autism. That's every walk of life. Like it, mm -hmm. it could be, you know, um, I guess, uh, children being diagnosed early or even later on in life. Right. Mm, yes. Wow. Yeah, wow. absolutely. 
and uh, disability and autism doesn't discriminate. So it intersects every way of life, yep. every upbringing, yes. every culture, everything. Yes, mm. yes, yes. But I would like I would like to think that you know in North America we are probably more advanced in you know being able to diagnose or care for. Yeah. Right. Well, um, there's been I, quite I'm, a lot of research done. Yes. And uh, yeah. worldwide, though, there's quite a lot, too. And it's been really great oh, to see that. That's um, good. But yeah, and, and it's really uh, been such an interesting experience for myself because Norquest, where I work, is is very uh, inclusive and has a- active goals for, you know, anti-racism mm-hmm. and decolonization. So there's a lot of discourse and discussion. And it's so... Yeah. Um, so enriching for me to hear even yeah. how disability is referred to or different words yeah. and their descriptions of autism and mm-hmm. you know the way that different cultures and spaces and and um, heritage and traditions will will impact how people interact with with autism right. and and folks that are different than them so um, I feel like I've had a lot of really great uh, learning that way but I think that it's just worldwide there are definitely a lot of um opportunities for research in north america but it seems like it is just being recognized as you know it's everywhere we're everywhere the world is neurodiverse already so maybe we we should uh, talk about that (laughs) absolutely i totally agree you know uh with the students that i have uh i found that um you know with their I call them their superpowers, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And each each individual has a unique superpower when they're working with me. It's really incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy the students that I have. So I, I'm really thankful for the program. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And and knowing that, you know, those, those strengths and talents are really a, a big part of everybody. We all really, no matter mm-hmm. what our neurotype is, We'd love to be recognized with what we're good at, what we yeah. are so interested in. And that's a point mm-hmm. of connection for anybody. And that's not different yeah. for neurodiversity or neurodivergence. It's the communication style might be different, but that yes. same idea of connection mm-hmm. is, is a human thing. Yes, that's good. Um, so, you know, we're talking about the the, the Cantec program in general. Mm. How, um, what, what connected you to this program? What got you started working for the program? Can you expand on that? Yeah, sure. So I actually, my first, um, my first career was as a teacher and oh. I really um, started to thrive in that space, working with students that had additional needs or different learning needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually hadn't been diagnosed at that point. And oh. so, you know, I just kind of followed it. It was always a place mm-hmm. where I've always felt as a person, I was like a spicy girl growing up. I, you know, never really fully believed everything I was told. I always had that critical thinking going on and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely was able to get through and, and do a lot of really connecting with people, but I was never somebody to just go with the crowd without thinking it through. And so things like discrimination have always bothered me. Things mm-hmm. like, you know, having, um, just sort of blind exclusion doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I also did experience those things myself and I didn't fully understand why, but then I mm-hmm. walked into teaching and I brought in those same values 
And then when I was 30 years old, I was diagnosed. I'm like, all of this makes sense. (laughs) It makes so much sense. Like it's quite common for neurodivergence to express itself in being very just disoriented, being, Mm. you know, very context based, Mm -hmm. not always as interested in just parroting what's going on around me as I am in, you know, engaging and connecting it to what's important to me. And so that's another strength when you bring on the strength, um, approach is, Mm -hmm. you know, you're connecting with somebody's motivations as well, like how they can really, um, show up as themselves and feel that belonging when doing so. Right. Yeah. So then I, I moved into coaching because COVID changed the, uh, the whole environment of teaching. And I was noticing Mm -hmm. some of my, um, my own needs that weren't able to be, um, accommodated at that place either. And Mm -hmm. I, I just always really valued the, um, impact I was making in my classroom with my students. And Mm -hmm. it just seemed like a natural, um, cross, uh, what is that called? Crossroads. Mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, I can keep doing this and just maybe yeah. adjust my accommodation. Mm-hmm. But I also really, really loved the coaching and teaching. I loved a lot about it, but the coaching was my favorite. And I just always felt like I never had enough time to do it. Mm-hmm. So I moved into some training for coaching and mm-hmm. this uh, role came up open as a career coach with the autism contact program. Wow. So I was like, okay, well let's, let's apply there. And, um, it ended up being just as great as I thought it was when I read about it. And uh, there's been a lot of really amazing um, agency for neurodivergence and staff members on the team. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we really get to collaborate together with um, everybody from all the neurotypes on the team. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely probably, it's the only space I felt at work where I felt safe to be able to actually say I'm neurodivergent and have it be, seen as valid and not a liability or something to avoid so wow that's incredible oh that's wow that's wow what a story that's beautiful (laughs) a first-hand account of how you know working towards inclusion really impacts someone's life yeah absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. so you know when we go back to the to the to the program um you know, have you found um, with all the students, the success rate, what, uh, you know, especially with employers, can you expand on how, um, you know, how that has been with the, mm-hmm. the students and the employers? I mean, for myself, yeah. I, I, I'm i loving the program, so. <laughs> yes, well, I love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, we have collected that data as part of our research as well. Oh. And, and just to kind of like, see where we're at in our goals mm-hmm. with our main goal mm-hmm. being, you know, having opportunities created and sustainable employment being, you know, one of those main outcomes. Mm-hmm. And um, Canada has actually improved quite a lot um, since, oh. you know, a few years ago when this was really taken on as a, a serious initiative, I suppose, to mm-hmm. look at the the areas that are actually really um impacting the employment of autistic workers Mm -hmm. and there's some key areas like the recruitment uh, process and also you know being underemployed if they you know do disclose their diagnosis a -hmm. lot of the times they they may not be considered it sort of um, excludes them from being considered for promotion or advancement Um, and other areas like needing to mask or having a, you know, to do 
processes in ways that are really hard for how their brain is wired. But if they had some accessible, you know, shifts, then Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be hard that way. And it would be something that's more sustainable. So there's a lot of really interesting, um, metrics that came out and what we've noticed with taking the wraparound approach of training and providing work experience and support with a a career coach throughout um, Mm -hmm. for the participants and doing intentional matching with our employers so that it Mm -hmm. is a mutual mutually beneficial um, connection and then also with my services of being that wraparound support for more like those higher level policy or strategy, or even, you know, the, at the elbow support for the line managers and, and supervisors, I, I offer that either, you know, uh, directly through consulting or I do workshops and things like that. So all of those mm-hmm. things together where we're sort of wrapping around that support for everybody involved, yeah. Um, Canada has increased from around 17% to 30% in that time frame, but um, Autism Cantec's employee, uh, employment uh, success rate is at 41%. Um, so we're higher than the national average. And you know, to me, that indicates that there is a lot of benefit to providing some more specific targeted supports that allow for you know, permeation of these uh, best practices for inclusion and accessibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. Uh, so, I've, I mean, I find that, uh, especially with my students, I've, I'm hoping that I'm giving them some more confidence, mm-hmm. you know, once they finish work with me in the program. Um, I've actually actually written a few reference letters already yeah. to some of the students because they've just been fabulous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is like part of the barrier with recruitment is that... Mm-hmm you know, there's all these untapped skills or areas they're not able to communicate what they can do or have opportunities to show employers. And so then, you know, the number, like the amount of work experience can be, you know, very, very small or or not at Mm -hmm. all. And so Mm -hmm. then, you know, having opportunities to demonstrate that and have things to put on their resume, having those reference letters, those are, those are very, very impactful. Like they're so beneficial for everybody in recruitment, but especially for the most marginalized, like the autistic worker, it's really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with this program, what do you see for the future of autism? What do you see for, you know, the future of the program? Uh, Could you Mm -hmm. expand on that? Yeah, we're working towards um, making it a accredited program through Norquist College. Um, Yeah, so we're still working within the grant right now, but Mm -hmm. we are working on a sustainability and implementing sustainability practices to just allow this to continue as, you know, an an everyday offering for autistic students that, you know, there is a lot of... um, of difficulty sometimes uh, transitioning from high school into Mm. adulthood because there have been so many limitations on what is even available, especially Mm. if the autistic learner um, as a, as a child or a teenager moves into adulthood and they, they didn't really thrive in a traditional um, school setting or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just needed a few, specific things regarding learning or mm-hmm. skill development or you know support and sustainability for that um it can really be a difficult time actually to graduate high school without there being something that can be thought of as as a place to go that would suit how how you know that person will learn or socialize or 
you know, be able to demonstrate success. So, um, that's, that's a a big driver for us is to just start to create, create this through our, our example as, as being a, a program that is, you know, very applicable to entering the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, and also allows for there to be an option for, for those students moving in into adulthood. And then also for those that have been adults for a long time and gone without some of these supports or, Mm -hmm. um, this type of, uh, support, then, you know, we'd really like to, to open that up for them as well in, in this credited program. Um, I'm also working with the consulting on, um, you know, developing this, this consultant like agency essentially that works alongside and provides grant opportunities for these students to be able to go through the program, have their work experience, and that can be a way to enter the workforce and to develop the credentials they need. Wow. So it's mm-hmm. really amazing what you guys are doing. I, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it not only just, it teaches me to, uh, to have more compassion and understanding for these, for these students. And, mm-hmm. uh, for me, I'm, I'm becoming more aware of, of what autism is about. Right. Yeah. So, so I appreciate it on all, on all levels. <laughs> so mm. thank you for that. <laughs> um, you know, thank you uh, for speaking about uh, autism. And before we conclude, I, yeah. I like to ask my guests uh, a very important question. Okay. <laughs> so what, what matters to Brittany? What matters to you the most? What matters to me the most is that like my deepest value is human dignity and honoring it. And that though that's not tied to my own personal relationship or conflict of beliefs or anything with anybody else. So, you know, what's most important to me is when I'm I'm looking at accessibility, I'm looking at honoring that, that, you know, honoring that people are capable, they they are important enough to provide, you know, opportunities for them to meet their needs. And sometimes that is quite literally just removing a barrier. It isn't always, in fact, most of the time it's not additional work, you know, in quotation Mm -hmm. marks. It is quite literally kind of just getting out of the way and allowing for people to take up the space that's theirs and show up as themselves and demonstrate their skills and, you know, cultivate those, those relationships as what is most natural for them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously there is a need for direction and things like that in the workplace, but a really, really great thing that I see being successful that just warms my heart and, and really connects with what's most important to me is when there is just some of that, um, access being provided and that folks can maybe, uh, complete a task totally different than their colleague would, but okay. they can come to that same endpoint of really great high quality work. And nobody's focusing on how it was done because they've yeah. been able to have that agency and dignity to, to choose that in the workplace. And I don't know, in my experience, it provides just so much more safety, better mm-hmm. connection, better rapport, better culture, Mm-hmm. you know, way lower turnover rates because someone feels safe mm-hmm. to stay and they feel motivated mm-hmm. to stay in, a, in that type of environment. Like there's just so many benefits from that. So yeah, that's what's wow. most important to me. <laughs> oh, wow. That was lovely. My goodness. Thank, thank you. you so much, Brittany. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>